Okay, what I'm going to do is just recap uh, what the Lord's been speaking to us and where the Lord's taking us. And I don't know how much y'all have heard on the radio or in the... But uh, it was in March of 2017, which in just a few weeks, that'll be two years, we had this camper run about a half, three-quarters of a mile up here on the hill. And she was at the house in Conyers, and I was up there by myself. About 3.30 in the morning, uh, I was sound asleep. The voice of the Lord stepped in the trailer, and God spoke audibly like a thunder in the trailer and said, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's in Revelation 19 and verse 10. And so... The, uh, man, I mean, I come out of the bed, and the Lord started dealing with me, and immediately the Lord took me out in a vision, and I saw Numbers, the 16th chapter, unfold with Moses, how that uh, Korah, and there was three men, Korah, Datham, and Abiram, they withstood Moses. And he had 250 men that the Bible said they were famous men, men of renown among Israel. And they come against him and they told him, said, well, God talks to us too. And Moses said, all right. He said, you show up tomorrow with fire in your censers at the tabernacle of the Lord and we'll see who God's chosen to lead these people. Well, the Lord stood up in Moses and Aaron and he told them. He said, everybody get up from them. Get away from them. He said, unless you won't be destroyed with them. And Moses spoke and said, if God kills these men in a regular manner, he said, God ain't spoken by me. But he said, if he does a new thing, and while Moses was speaking, the ground opened up under their feet. And they went down in the ground with their wives, their children, their tents, everything that pertained to them. And then God closed the ground over them. And... Then fire proceeded out from the Lord and killed those 250 men, burned them up. And uh, the children of Israel fled. But the next day they come back and they come to Moses and Aaron and said, What would you kill God's people for? And when they done that, the anger of the Lord broke forth on them. And the Lord told Moses, he said, Aaron, go to the altar of God, put fire in your censer, and run into the camp and stand between the dead and the living because a plague has started. And by the time Aaron done that and run in the midst of the camp and stood between the dead and the living, 14,700 people have been slain by the Lord. Where is that? That's in number 16. It's the whole 16th chapter of Numbers. Mm -hmm. And the Lord showed me and began to deal with me about the spirit of prophecy, not the gift of prophecy, but the spirit of prophecy that was on Moses. And then the scene of the vision changed and he took me to Elijah in Second Kings, the first chapter, how that the fire of the Lord fell on the company of 50 and burned them up. And then another company of 50 soldiers come out and that word come out of Elijah and burnt them up. And then that third company of 50 come out there and that man kind of got down on his knees and humbled himself and said, look, man, he said, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> he said, be merciful. So the angel of the Lord spoke to Elijah to go down and go with him to the king. But the Lord began to speak to me there. He said, there is a spirit of prophecy that is coming forth. He said, it's not the gift of prophecy, but it is the spirit of prophecy that governs the lives 
of those that are called to be prophets and prophetesses and said it also works in the lives of the apostles. He said, but this generation has never seen this kind of spirit and power. He said, but it's fixing to come forth. So the Lord began to deal with me about that there and brought that word to me. And on the 11th of March, I don't know where I was, but I heard the voice of the Lord said, the word of the Lord will roar. Amen. The word of the Lord will roar. And we come down here on the 20th of March, and I was right there at that bench praying. She was here, Brother Justin was here. I don't know uh Pop, if you and Sister Kathy was here or not. But anyway, I was in prayer, and the Lord took me out in a vision, and I saw just like this, just like you're looking at out here, just country scene. Right about sunrise, just, you know, I've seen trees, I've seen like a pasture. Then all of a sudden, from the top to the bottom, a big split come in that picture. And a man stepped out and began to speak the word of the Lord with such power and authority. And the Lord spoke to me. uh, And he said, the word of the Lord should step on the scene suddenly. And I knew that was Elijah. I knew it was Elijah. And if you go to Malachi, uh, the fourth chapter... And it's just about the very last verse in the book of Malachi. But if you go to Malachi, the fourth chapter, and the fifth verse, it is the last two verses. But he said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, Uh, There are times that the Lord started showing us that God will speak His Word, but He only fulfilled part of it until another time and a season. And I'll show you what I'm talking about in Isaiah 60, uh, if y'all want to go there. In Isaiah, I believe it's 60, it could be 61, I'm always getting them too mixed up. Uh, No, it'll be 61. Let me see where I'm at here. Or if you look at Isaiah 61, it starts out and says, And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all that mourn. Now, uh, if you go to Luke 4 and verse 18, when Jesus come out of the wilderness from the 40-day fast, He went in the temple. They delivered unto Him this book of the Spirit of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah the prophet. He opened it and He read these first couple of verses. But He stopped before He got to verse 3 because those first two verses was all of the Word of the Lord God was going to fulfill at that time. Now he's fixing to complete the fulfilling of that word in our generation. So there's times God will fulfill part of his word, but he won't fulfill all of it until another generation. So the Lord uh, began to deal with me about this uh, spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Moses, and I call it the spirit of prophecy, because that's what God is bringing forth. And uh, the Lord spoke to me the other morning, uh, January the 15th, about 6, 6.30 in the morning, we were sitting in the 
living room at our house, and we were studying. She was, and I was listening to my Bible on my. I, I get up every morning. Sometimes it's three o'clock. Sometimes it's four o'clock. Sometimes, but I get up every morning and I turn my Bible on, uh, and I'll listen and I'll read along with it on, on like my tablet. And I was sitting there and I was following the Word of the Lord, and sometimes I'll listen to 10, 12, 15 chapters. And while I was listening to it, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He said, Elijah must first come and restore all things. And, I just cut it off, and I looked at her, and I said, Oh, my God. She said, What? I said, The Lord just spoke to me. She said, What? I said, The Lord just spoke to me and said, Elijah must come first and restore all things. And if you go to Mark, the ninth chapter, and you look at verse 11, and they asked him, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must first come? And he answered and told them, Elias or Elijah, Verily forth cometh and restoreth all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be said it not. But Jesus went on and said, But I say unto you that Elijah is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed as it is written of him. Well, the Elijah he was talking about was John the Baptist. Because when the Lord visited Zechariah in the temple in Luke the first chapter, this is what the Lord told Zechariah in Luke 1, and he started with, uh, we'll just start with verse 15. And he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong Greek, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias or Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, John came crying out, prepare the, way, uh, prepare the way of the Lord for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, the kingdom of heaven is not heaven. The, uh, there's a place called heaven, but the kingdom of heaven is the Christ in His nature, His mind, His compassion, His mercy, all that being revealed in us, but also the word of authority and deliverance and miracles over all demons, over all circumstances. Jesus spoke to the wind and it stopped. He spoke to the waves and they quit roaring. He spoke to the fish and put the money in his mouth. He multiplied the fish and the loaves. All this is by the authority of the word of the kingdom. So John came preparing the people and telling them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus came demonstrating it. He came revealing God Himself through the life of Jesus to His people. Well, one more. That was the, uh, that is what I call the, uh, let's just say the elementary stages of the kingdom. The fullness of the kingdom was never given in that day. On the day of Pentecost, if you look at Mark the ninth chapter, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he said, there be some of you standing here which shall not taste of death till you've seen the kingdom of God come in power. Well, on the day of Pentecost, the kingdom was poured out with power, but it was poured out in a measure according to what Paul said. I believe it's Second uh, Corinthians, the first chapter. Paul said, we've received an earnest of the Spirit or a measure of the Spirit 
So what happened there on the day of Pentecost was just an earnest. It was a portion. You look the word earnest up, it means a portion. So what we have come to now, and the Lord is telling us that once again the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but this time it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something that's going to happen worldwide, and it's going to fall in many vessels, and the fullness of this thing's fixing to come. So one more time, the word is being declared, and the spirit of Elijah is going forth to prepare people for the fullness of the kingdom. Do you have a question? Okay. So, uh, that is about where God's brought us to. But two weeks ago on the 10th of January, the Lord began to show me. Uh, and if I go to the book of Joel, the second chapter. Well, I've lost the book of Joel. Y'all bear with me. But if you go to the book of Joel, the second chapter, you look at the 25th verse, I'm sorry, and this is what the Lord said. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Which, now, what, uh, what that's verse? 2 and 25 and 26 and 27. So, Joel 2, 25 through 27. And then the Lord took me to Acts, the third chapter, where Peter was speaking. This is right after the day of Pentecost. It wasn't too far past the day of Pentecost. But Peter was speaking. Y'all pardon me. Uh, There ain't no way I can mark these scriptures because I don't ever know where the Lord's going to go. And this is what Peter said. He said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times, that word times means years, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Now this verse 21 is very important. It said, whom the heaven must receive. You know, when Jesus went up, the heavens received him. So the heavens have got to hold Jesus until the times or the years of the restoring of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. So that spirit of prophecy has been speaking of the restoration of all things since the world began. Because when God created Adam and Eve in the beginning, that was the kingdom. That was the beginning of the kingdom. Well, man fell. Well, Jesus come back and reclaimed the kingdom and put man back on the path to be restored back to where God created him in the beginning. Jesus just didn't come to save man's soul. He came to restore man back to the place God created him in the beginning. If you read Second Corinthians five seventeen through the end of the chapter, it talks about the ministry of reconciliation 
which means the restoring to divine favor. And God, the Word says that God was in Christ to reconcile or restore man back to the place where He created him. And God created man in the beginning in His image and in His likeness. And that is what this kingdom will do. It will bring man one more time into the image and likeness of the Christ being revealed in us. Not up there, down here. Down here. You ain't going to have any glory to be revealed in you up there. But, when Paul said in Romans the 8th chapter, he's the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory that's going to be revealed in us is going to be right here on this earth that we can glorify and magnify His holy child Jesus living in and working through us by His righteousness, by His nature, and by His power in His authority and His dominion. So that's where the Lord is taking us. So when the Lord spoke to me the other morning and said, Elijah must first come and restore all things. All this God's told me for the last two years is now coming together. I mean, man, it come together and started fitting like pieces of the puzzle. But now here's something I want to show you that the Lord uh, spoke to us. And I think the prophecy, didn't you uh, put the prophecy from October uh, 28, 2017, didn't you put it on uh, sermon.net? Okay. If it is, uh, Sister Lisa, y'all need to go back and listen to this because we were at our church in Fort Payne. I gathered probably seven, eight, ten ministers together uh, to pray and seek the Lord. And the Lord spoke in a prophecy. And I'm going to go back to uh, Joel 2. And I'm going to show you what the Lord began to show me. And I'd never seen it before. But the Lord spoke it in that prophecy that night. And it should be listed 10-28-17. Okay. All right. But I'm going to go. You know, I read 25 through 27. All right. But now I want to back up to verse 23 in Joel. If y'all are there with me. Let me give me a drink of water and wet my throat down here. How'd you say it's listed? I think it's listed 10, 28, 17. I think it's on, it's on YouTube. Why am I not? I'll just have to keep looking. I'm not seeing it. I thought you posted it up there. Yeah, when we, what, what was that scripture, Joel? Joel 2, and I'm going to go to verse 23. Uh, and I'm going to start breaking this down now. I know I'm throwing a lot at y'all, but I'm trying to catch you up. But uh, if you have questions, let me know and we'll talk about them. Uh, okay, now it says, Be glad then. Everybody there with me? Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For He hath given you the former rain moderately. Now I want you to pay attention to that verse right there. For it says, He hath given. That's past tense. Okay, He hath given you the former rain moderately. Now, anybody that's been around our kind of preaching and teaching or Pentecost, they will tell you the former rain is what fell at Pentecost. Right? So look what the Lord is saying here, that He's already given the former rain. Okay? Moderately, which means in a measure. And He will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Well, the Lord has never given the latter rain. 
So he's given the former rain, which was the day of Pentecost. The rain, which the Lord told me, is what has happened since that former rain dispensation died out. There's three dispensations of the rain. There's the former, there's the rain, and then there's the latter rain. So we've had the former. We've been in the rain, and people discard the dispensation of the rain, but it was under the rain that Azusa Street happened. And how great God moved in. I'm sure you all know about Azusa Street. How great God moved there in, in California in 1906. We started pouring out the Holy Ghost. Do you, have you read anything about Azusa Street? Or y'all know anything? Okay, there was a revival. And it started with a... Uh, it was an African-American man named Willie Seymour. He was blind in one eye. I think he was in Kansas. And a church in Los Angeles call for him to come pastor. And when he got out there, nobody knew about the Holy Ghost or tongues except just, it had just happened here and there. Over in Wales in about 18, it was about 10 years before this, is like 1895-96, a young man named Evan Roberts went in a church and just asked the pastor, he said, give me five minutes to pray with the people. Well, one church finally led him and when that spirit of prayer hit him, it just took over. And churches started praying, and everybody just went into a spirit of prayer, and it caught on. The whole country of Wales got caught up in a prayer revival. And in about six years, the court shut down. There was nobody in jail. The move of God swept the nation, and... 100,000 people come to the Lord in that period of five to six years with Evan Roberts. And it come to America, and the same thing started happening. It started uh, in somebody's home. They got to praying. The spirit of prayer took over, and they started praying an hour, two hours, three hours. And then it went to five and six hours. Uh, and then it went to a couple of times a day, and they were praying around the clock. And it started with five or six people and went into thousands. The Spirit of God took over. And uh, it was the same thing, same result. I mean, people started coming to church. They quit sinning. The courts, there was nobody to be tried. Nobody was, you know, committing crime. So that happened under the rain. So the latter rain has never been given. Which the latter rain, what I feel, is the fullness of the resurrected power of Christ this fixing to take its abode. We never had him in the fullness. When uh, Jesus was resurrected, if you read in Matthew 28, he stood and told his disciples, All power now in heaven and earth is given unto me. In other words, the fullness of God had moved in him. He didn't have the fullness of God before his death, burial, and resurrection. He had a, he had a measure of God. And he done great things, but he did not have the fullness because he said in the Word in several places, he said, there's things the Father knows that I don't know. There's things that aren't in my power. He had the power over natural death, but he didn't have power over spiritual death. You understand what I'm saying? Spiritual death is a, is a soul being bound and lost in hell. He didn't have the power over spiritual death. But when he rose, he said, I've got the keys now of death and hell. When Adam sinned, there was no spiritual death for man, but the devil had sinned, and the Lord had prepared hell for the devil and his angels. Well, when man started sinning, then God condemned him to the same fate. 
So Jesus had to take the keys of hell and death because Adam had just given everything away. He gave, he gave eternal life away. When man was created, he was not mortal. He was immortal. He was incorruptible. But when he sinned, he died spiritually and he died physically. He started losing all those years because back then man lived seven, eight, nine hundred years. But then as sin grew, man's years got down to 70, 80, 90, and 100 years. And that's where we are today. It's not bad health that kills man. It's sin. Amen. And I believe God will restore this and we'll start living in divine health. We're going to start living hundreds of years again. So, but anyway, let me get back on track to what I was... Uh, but when Jesus resurrected, the full power of God took its abode in him. And nobody, Jesus himself did not come down and minister after his resurrection like he did before his resurrection. He didn't walk the streets of Jerusalem and pray for people and heal the sick and all that. He, he ministered to the disciples uh, in Acts 1 and 3. The Bible says, and he, and he instructed them in things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So that's what he was getting them ready for, is the kingdom to come. So, uh, nobody's ever ministered in that anointing of the fullness of the resurrected Christ, but this is what belongs to us. This is what we're fixing to get. Because Paul said in Philippians 3 and verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, that if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. In other words, Paul saw we could put on that latter reign of the Holy Ghost, that Christ would be fully formed in us. In Romans 8 and 29, Paul said that it's been predestined and foreordained for us to be conformed to the image of his Son. So that's where the Lord's trying to take us. But, uh, but it's never been given to any generation to minister on this earth in that, but it's going to be given to us. That's, that is what God's doing and where God's taking us. We're going to minister in that authority and in that power of the resurrected Christ. Not before He was resurrected, but after He was resurrected. And all power in heaven and earth. Because the Bible tells us also in Romans the 8th chapter that we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. Not with Jesus. There's a difference between Jesus and the Christ. Jesus was the man. He was the body. He was the temple that God lived in. But He became the Christ that now the fullness of God lives in. So the fullness of the Godhead, it says in Colossians, dwells bodily in that flesh of Jesus. Because he's now God manifest in the flesh. All power rests here. Ephesians 1 and 20, I had a, I had a visitation from the Lord. I think it was on June the 13th, 2015. Uh, I went in the office praying. It's about 5.30 in the morning. And I got down and started praying. The Lord took me out and I stood on the edge of the universe. And I watched and all the planets were out of orbit. They were just wobbly. They were slow. They weren't in their pattern. And as I watched them, there was this huge blinding explosion. And it took a couple of minutes for my vision to clear up. And when it did, everything was back in orbit. Everything was back in time. And the Lord spoke to me, and it's in Ephesians 1 and 20. He said, what I wrought in Christ 
when I raised him from the dead. He said, when man sinned, he said, it put everything out of my time, out of my order, uh, out of my divine will. He said, but, he said, when I raised my holy child from the dead, he said, and what I wrought in him and gave him power over everything, he said, it put everything back in my divine order and back in my divine time. So what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, uh, in Ephesians 1 and 20, because Jesus took authority over everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That means every demon, every power of hell, every natural power on earth, and everything that's in heaven came, in, came under subjection to him. He set him far above all principalities and powers. And, and so Jesus now... God, the fullness of God, lives in him. But the spirit of that Christ has come to take its abode in us. And we've got him in a measure, but we're fixing to get him in a greater measure. Because this ladder we're coming in, this ladder rain, that's going to start being poured out. But see, God's just ain't going to pour out the latter rain. He said, I'll cause to come down for you the rain, the former, and the latter rain in the first month. The first month is a sign of a new beginning. Because the first month, in the Jewish calendar is April. So that's when spring starts. So that's the type of a new beginning after winter. New life, new season. So we are moving into a new season. We're moving into a new dispensation and a new day because what I was raised in for 50, 60 years ain't working no more. It just ain't working no more. Church is just dead. Ain't nothing happening. I was raised in a church where, man, I mean, every service we had miracles. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a home of prayer. We saw miracles in my home. When I was a boy growing up, my daddy was a preacher, and we saw miracles growing up. I seen broke bones. Uh, I seen severe burns healed. I've seen every manner of sickness and disease healed. When we got sick, mom and dad didn't take us to the doctor. You didn't have all these emergency rooms. Back then, doctors still made house calls. But when we got sick, Mom and Daddy got down and prayed. And I've seen measles, mumps, chicken pox, pneumonia. You name it, buddy. God healed us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just the way we lived. That's the way I grew up. And when I grew up, I, I grew up under men like Oral Roberts, A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe. And I saw divine miracles. I saw people get out of wheelchairs. Back when I was a boy growing up, polio was big. And I seen, I, I seen a young man in Old Roberts meeting when I was about six, seven years old. Old Roberts prayed for that young man and he asked his mother. Uh, he had a brace on one of his legs and he'd been smitten with polio. And that leg was probably six inches short. I ain't talking about like this. I'm talking about like this. And Old Roberts asked the mother, can that brace be taken off? She said, yeah. He said, would you unbuckle it? He wasn't going to do it. That mom unbuckled that brace, and I watched as that man prayed for that little boy, and I saw that leg grow six inches, and one side of his body was smaller than the other, and I saw his body begin to fill out. That's what I was raised under. This is what God's fixing to do again in a manner that we've never seen. But what the Lord began to show me is this power. Uh, and I'm going to go from... Joel 2 here, and I'm going to verse 28. Now, 
I want you to pay attention to verse 28 because it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Now, he said, And it shall come to pass afterward. So stop and ask yourself, After what? Because there's got to be something happen before the Spirit of God is poured out. Because he said it shall come to pass afterward. So you got to go back to verse 25 and you got to see where the Lord said, And I will restore to you the years. Now when you read here about the locust, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, what the Lord told me is from the time that the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the teachings and doctrines of men begin to eat away at the reality of God until we come down to the day that everything in the power, in the authority, in the dominion of God, doctrine and tradition is just about destroyed it. Because people don't want, they'll talk about the power of God. They'll tell you how great God is. They'll sing about how great God is. They'll tell you what God's going to do and what God has done. But we're not seeing any manifestation of the power and the authority of miracles and deliverance in the earth today. The church basically is dead. The church basically has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. That's about where it's at. So there's got to be a restoration. And what the Lord showed me was this restoration is going to be what He done on the day of Pentecost. The former reign has got to be restored. Now, if you look, but Donald ain't getting any comments out of you down there. <laughs> if you look at the day of Pentecost, there was 120 went in that upper room. Okay. That was not the church. Okay. Every one of those people in that upper room were chosen for ministry. And what the Lord told me was that where Paul broke down the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, talking, uh, let me just flip over there, starting at verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 12. And all I can tell you all is what God showed me. But I know it to be true because God's born witness of it. But if you start with the fourth verse... He said, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations. Your administrations is like your apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's your government. Okay, just like you got president, vice president, speaker of the house, and on down in our government. That's your administration. Because when they talk about that, they talk about our administration that we have today. All right, so... He said, there are differences of his administration, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations. That means everybody that's called or chosen for an office, the Spirit of God works different in them. When I was an evangelist, and I found out years ago the Spirit of God worked in groups of threes. Uh, when I was an evangelist, I used uh, faith, healings, and miracles more than I used anything else. But then when I become a pastor... I used word of faith, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits more than I used faith, healings, and miracles. But I've got all nine because uh, 
Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation work together. Faith, healings, and miracles work together. Discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom work together. It's hard to have one without having the other two to kind of support it and back it up. I mean, it don't do you no good to have the word of knowledge or have the word of wisdom if you don't have the word of knowledge. You you can go to somebody and, and God can show you by the word of wisdom what's going on in their life. If you don't have the word of knowledge to reveal it, that don't do them a lot of good or what to do about it. You understand what I'm saying? And you have to have the discerning of spirits to know if they're going to receive the word that's being given them or not. Y'all follow with me? All right, if you've got faith, and you don't have the gift of healings and miracles, what good does the gift of faith do you? You, you, you following? Yeah. I mean, it, it don't, right, it don't stand alone. They work in, but I have all nine gifts in my life. But what the Lord told me, those 120 in that upper room were chosen for different operations, different gifts, different administrations. Because if you go over to the 28th verse here in 1 Corinthians 12, and God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. So all those 120 in that upper room, that was not the church as far as the lay members. That didn't happen until Peter preached and baptized the 3,000. That was your lay body of the church but because those 3,000 were saved, you had to have those 120 to minister by the gifts and by the administrations to set up the church. You follow what I'm saying? I have a quick question. Okay. When you talk about the gift of healing or miracles, however, um, how do you experience, do you experience the heat that comes up out of your body into the palm of your hand? or just I have, but a lot of that uh, is in the beginning when God starts using you with something like that, He will bear witness that that's what He's doing. And as you use it and you get confident with the voice of the Lord, He doesn't have to do that to confirm to you that that's what He's doing. But He will do that in the beginning to let you know He's with you. And there, and there may be times later on and it may go from time to time, you will feel that heat. I still do from time to time, but I know the voice of the Lord now when God speaks to me that He's fixing to do a miracle. I mean, that's all I need. I don't need that sign anymore. But see, the more a gift is used, the more perfected and mature it becomes in you, and the more you've got that confidence and you know that God's speaking to you and He don't have to give you a sign anymore. Does that make sense to you? So you just so what you're saying. The more uh, uh, you use that gift, the more the more comfortable. The, right. You just activate. You ain't got to feel it. You do it by faith. Just right. You do it because you know. You ain't got to feel it. Right. You, it, you, you know, got that confidence that yeah. God has spoken to you because He has trained you, you by know. that sign and by that feeling. He's trained you to know His voice. Know His voice. Right. His John the Baptist says, I, I'm not trying to get off what you're talking about. No, that's about. fine. John the Baptist says this right here. He says that I baptize you in water, but there's one that come after me that will baptize you, that whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlace, will right. baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Right. I have experienced speaking in tongues. Right. And then I've actually experienced 
the fire on okay. the outside of my body and then penetrating inside okay. of my body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, God's doing what He said. But God works with every individual different. You may be experiencing this. There's other people that may never experience it or may not experience it until a later walk in their life. It don't mean that you're right and somebody else is wrong. It just means you've reached a level of maturity that God can begin to reveal that fire in you because the fire is something that purges, it burns, it purifies, and it's something that God is allowing in you to change you and bring you forward and mature you because the Bible says the Lord is a consuming fire. So our God is a consuming fire. And when you feel that fire of His Spirit, it's like I told you a while ago, it's for a purpose. God just don't let you feel His Spirit just to be feeling His Spirit. There's a reason behind the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you. Just like you said and you walked in, you felt that tingling, that electricity. God was confirming to you the word of truth is here, that His presence and His Spirit is in this place. And I believe if God's led you here, and this word is making sense to y'all, that God is wanting you to sit under this leadership and learn and grow because what I'm fixing to show you by the Spirit of the Lord is what God's fixing to pour out. And there's more than what we've ever had in the Holy Ghost that God's fixing to pour out. And I want to go back to Joel and I'll bring you up to what the Lord has showed me. Like I said, I can only relate to you what God has showed me. It's up to you whether you receive it or not. I don't try to force anybody to believe what I minister, but I'm going into 47 years of ministry, and for 47 years this voice has led me, and signs and wonders and miracles has happened to confirm this word, just like what God done with your mama. I mean, they weren't expecting your mama to come out of that hospital. And I think it was your sister called me, and I sent her that prayer cloth, and they said time they put that prayer cloth on her, it wasn't just a couple of days she come out of that hospital. Mm-hmm. So see, God bore witness to this word. We have another lady uh, that uh, her grandchild was in the hospital and laid at the point of death for two or three months. And a lady that knew her, matter of fact, she works over here in Jasper, but a lady that had come to my meetings when I was going to Talking Rock Church, uh, I don't even remember the name of the church. It's the church there in Talking Rock. Well, whatever. whatever. And, but anyway, I was going there in 2012 and 2013. And the lady that was in some of my meetings that saw the miracles wrote me and asked me for a prayer cloth. Well, I sent a prayer cloth to her. Uh, and she took it and gave it to that lady. And that lady gave it to her daughter. And... Her daughter called her one day, and the baby had laid at death's door in Scottish Rite. I think it was Scottish Rite Hospital for weeks. And she called her mama and said, Mama, the doctors are saying the baby's fixing to die. She said, everybody needs to come down here. And she asked her, she said, did you put that prayer cloth on that baby? She said, no. She said, I forgot all about it. She said, you take that prayer cloth right now and walk it in there and put it on that baby. She went in there and put it on that baby and instantly. Yes. God turned that baby's condition and healed it and raised it up. So the Lord gave me, this is a ministry. You can't just pray over a prayer cloth and give it to somebody. This is a ministry that God gave Paul. God gave me this ministry in 1992. He healed a lady's broke leg by these prayer cloths. I tied it around it. 
I was in a meeting in Anderson, South Carolina, prayed for her. She was on a cast, on the crutches, I had a cast up to her hip, to her ankle, couldn't walk. I prayed for it. She gave me her crutches, tried to walk, it still hurt. Uh, I tied two handkerchiefs around her cast. Uh, we went on to a revival. I was in a tent revival up in Arkansas, and her aunt finally tracked me down. The Lord spoke to her a few days after I prayed for her, uh, like 1 o'clock in the morning. She's sitting in her bedroom. He said, get up, your heel. She reached for her crutches. The Lord said, no, get up, you're healed. She reached for her crutches again. The Lord said, you don't need them crutches, you're healed. So she got up, walked on the leg, went into her mom and daddy's bedroom, woke them up, showed them what had happened, and she went and drew a tub full of water, sat down in that tub, and took that cast off one piece at a time. You know, back then they still plastered them. That was 92. And she peeled that thing off, went back to the doctor. She broke this main bone right here in her leg from her knee up to her hip. She broke that main bone in two. She's 14 years old. She's roller skating. She went down and her leg went back up under it. It just snapped that bone. And that's what she had broken. And she went back to the doctor and they x-rayed it. They couldn't find a sign of where it had ever been broken. So the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm giving you the same ministry that I gave Apostle Paul through these prayer cloths. He said, when I put it in your spirit, he said, you send these out like Paul did. And we've seen miracles all over the world. I mean, all over the world, people have been healed by these prayer cloths. So uh, I'm trying to get back on my train of thought now. But anyway, God is, for 47 years, has bore witness to this word by these miracles. I just... Uh, Last Sunday, says Deborah, tell them what happened to you at the house when I gave you that water to drink. Yeah, it, I was having trouble with my kidneys. I mean, bad. I just had a lot of trouble with them. And it was hurting. I drank the water and I had no more problems. Oh, my, my water was sitting there just like this. I hadn't, I had never picked it up and the Lord spoke to me and I handed it to her. And when she drank it, it's like the Spirit of the Lord hit her and she started staggering. <laughs> And God totally healed. She's, she's had trouble with kidney stones, and God totally healed her. Our pastor's in Fort Payne. Uh, his wife is a, a nurse, and she was at a meeting in Birmingham. She passed out from a kidney stone seven, eight years ago. And uh, when I finally got word, and I called her, I told her, I said, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. She had to go on to the doctor. They found kidney stones. She'd come to a meeting in Fort Payne. Uh, just a couple weeks after that, and the Lord spoke to me. I had my water in my hand, and I took a big drink of it, and I gave it to her. I said, now drink this. Seven, eight years ago, she never had another problem. They can't find a kidney stone. Everything's fine. Because God is bearing witness. See, there's no witness in the church today and in God people's lives today of what the Lord used to do. There's no witness. The witness to the gospel of the kingdom which is all I preach. I don't preach junk. I preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is Christ being revealed in you, which is the manifestation of His nature, but it's also the power, the wonders, and the miracles that bear witness that He's in here. And nobody's bearing witness anymore. Everybody's got the shout. they got the tongues. they got good church. But nobody has the witness anymore. So... We're seeing God fixing to restore the witness. He's fixing to restore the authority. But uh, so, but anyway, this is what the Lord showed me. 
Uh, now, Sister Lisa, I know you've been around church mm-hmm. all your life. Yeah. Pretty, much. Pretty much. Okay. Verse 28 mm-hmm. in Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillar of smoke. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Now, tell me what you've heard preached about this passage of Scripture right here. The only thing I've ever heard preached is uh, uh, about this passage of Scripture is about the pouring out of the Spirit upon all flesh, but it, it doesn't go any further. It okay, further. but this has been preached as the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, I've heard that. It's been preached as the day of Pentecost. All right, now I want to break this down for you, and I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me. All right, and you said, And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. Did we see the Spirit of God poured out on the day of Pentecost that fell on the sons and daughters mm-hmm. and they prophesied? No. no. Okay, now. Did we see our old men dreaming dreams and our young men having visions? Did that happen on the day of Pentecost? Okay, if you go to Numbers 12... Moses said, if there be a prophet among you, I will speak to him in dreams and visions. He said, here, when I pour out this spirit, that it's going to be your old men going to dream dreams, your young men going to see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens. Did we see that on the day of Pentecost? No. And in the earth, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, did we see that at the day of Pentecost? Okay, so this is talking about, because I showed you back in 23 that the Lord said He had already given the former rain. So this prophecy is talking about another generation than the day of Pentecost. Am I making sense? It's not what people have been taught. But, what the Lord showed me and began to reveal to me that the Spirit that is going to be poured out on our sons and daughters is the Spirit of Moses, the Spirit of Elijah, the Spirit of prophecy because the first thing the Lord spoke to me was the Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus or the Spirit of prophecy is the witness that the Christ is in here. So the spirit of prophecy that was in Moses, the spirit of prophecy that was in Elijah is now going to be poured out on the younger generation, on our sons and daughters. They are going to prophesy signs in the heavens above. They're going to prophesy wonders in the earth beneath. They're going to prophesy blood and fire and vapor of smoke. They're going to have dreams and they're going to have visions which is by the spirit of prophecy. You understand what I'm saying? So this ain't just some little uh, spirit God's going to pour out that's going to just cause them to talk in tongues. Because every time the Spirit of God is poured out or people begin to speak in tongues, especially young people, people right here, 
It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. But this ain't what God's talking about. God is talking about a mighty anointing that is going to shake cities, that is going to turn things upside down by this young generation that God is bringing forth now. My son is 30. Brother Justin's 30. There are other young men in their 30s and other vessels. God's just not talking about men. He said, your sons and daughters. So this thing is fixing to be poured out in a magnitude and a power. I mean, you stop and think if if uh, somebody you know, just a young man, let's just say Brother Justin went down, Lord spoke to him, he stood on the steps of the courthouse in LJ and prophesied an earthquake was fixing to hit LJ. It's going to kill twenty or 30,000. Just a couple of days, God brought it to pass. Mm-hmm. He's got to have the maturity and the strength and the wisdom to understand that God spoke by him and that by the word of the Lord that come out of his mouth, God killed twenty or 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. That ain't easy to do. Mm-hmm. It takes a maturity. It takes a strength. It takes an authority and a power. And that's why God is beginning to bring this to pass and he's got men like me that's ministered 47 years mm-hmm. to be a government and a leader like an apostle and a prophet to guide these young people into this spirit and this working of the Spirit of the Lord and to show them this ain't just some little gift of prophecy or, or some little talking tongues. This is earth-shaking power that's going to turn cities upside down like it did in the book of Acts. When they went in the book of Acts, they, they, they come to the leaders of the city and said, these men that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. We haven't seen this in our generation. We are fixing to see this kind of power. Can I ask sure. another question? I, was in, uh, uh, I don't like to say my alms or nothing like that, but I do before the Lord. That's between me and God. But I, my, I was seeking the Lord, and in in God knows how I was seeking Him. And... Um, I came out of the room. God spoke to me. He said, the things that I'm fixing to start showing you, there's going to be a lot of uprising, uh, backbiting, and things have already started happening. God knows all about it. Lord Jesus, help the church. But um, he said, when I visit the earth, the earthquake. Yes. And I come out, he spoke to me about an earthquake, and I came out of the bedroom, and I told my husband, and this is before the earthquake hit, California. Yeah, I told oh, my California. Husband, I said, honey, I said, and God just spoke to me that when he visits the earth, the earthquakes. And I said, um, that an earthquake was going to hit California, or not California. I said, God's fixing an earthquake. And my husband looked at me funny, and I thought, okay, he might think I'm crazy, so I'm just going to shut up about that. And then he waited a few minutes, and he said, I know that was God. He said, because God spoke to me about the same thing. Then God showed me another earthquake. He also showed me one that's going to hit Elijah, I don't know where in Elijah. One hit Elijah. When? when? What, a couple months ago? When was that? Uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he's a witness. It was I like a four-point something, and it shook Elijah. It shook, well, it actually hit up in Tennessee uh, and come down, and people felt it in Elijah and all across. The, my son lives in Carrollton, so it went across the state, like to the southwest. And he felt he they felt it in Carrollton, yeah. but yeah, this was about a month ago yeah. because the Lord had spoke uh, here in the church that He was fixing to shake L and J. Yeah. So it's it, it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. So God is confirming His word, 
And a lot of times God does these things just to bear witness to us that God is speaking to us, just like I said a while ago, so we can learn his voice. What, was there something more beyond that? Before? There was. Uh, before he started speaking certain things to me, I didn't know exactly what he meant by touch not the unclean things, touch no right. unclean things. Right, And so I've been searching for unclean things in the Bible because, you know, I found me different things, and then I spoke to my husband about it, and he told me, as long as you clarify or bless the meat, it's fine. But God just spoke to me and told me, you know, uh, uh, that when he visits the earth, he, the earthquakes, and uh, there is deeper things that I went into. He told me to write things down because mm-hmm. I forget things. Yes, you should. I, we I, all I, do. I, I, I forget things, and he did tell me to start writing things That's down. Right. So I'm going to continue to do that. But he did tell me there'd be backbiting in the church and that, uh, you know, his people, There's like Brother John was saying, there's been a great falling away from the church. Um you gotta fast. So mm-hmm. you, you gotta fast and pray. You know, God was showing me you gotta pull out that sackcloth and ashes. People's gotta fast and pray and be like the uh, five, the ten wise virgins. They were all Christians. Yeah, I'm they sorry, were the, the ten virgins. Right. Yeah. Were five right. Were wise. Matthew twenty-five. Right. Five yeah. were wise and five were foolish. Foolish. Mm-hmm. But they were all Christians, right. according to the Bible. Well, they were all clean in God's sight because right. they were virtuous. Right. Right. But yet. You know, just different things that God was showing me. And, and I don't like to talk, go into depth about all oh, of okay. it because I don't want to add or take from it. Right. I have to write it down yeah. to remember it. But yeah, yeah, he was speaking to me. And when I came out and spoke to my husband about it, he looked at me kind of sideways. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shrink about this because he's thinking I'm crazy now. You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then he said, I'm going to tell you something, honey. He said, the same thing you spoke to me, God spoke it to me. Sure enough, it happened. Mm-hmm. And so... God's on the move. I can see God is on the move like Brother John is saying. God is doing something. He's on the move with his people, those that are called and chosen. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. And just like that one time at Brother Donnie Patterson's, I'm just going to testify about this real quick. I was going down the road driving. My husband can tell you this. I was the road. My eyes had gotten so bad, my eyesight, the road started to lame the turn. Before lane. Mm. He so happened to be at Donnie Patterson's. And you asked me, I went to come and got prayer. You said, You believe I'm a man of God? I said, Yes, sir. If I didn't, I wouldn't let you pray for me. <laughs> you put that prayer cloth over my eyes, that's never happened again. Praise, Praise God. God. I, I was wanting to say that earlier when she was testifying. But yeah, that did. And I believe God's going to finish touching yeah. my eyes. Yeah. yeah. But when the Lord was dealing with you about unclean things, it's not natural things. Like meats, and mm-hmm. but the Lord was uh, dealing with you to cleanse your spirit and keep things that are unclean to your spirit, man. Get them out of your spirit, because Titus in chapter two and verse twelve, Titus said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, mm-hmm. we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So it's things that pollute the spirit. That God is purging out of us now. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's good to have a good diet and you know pay attention because the Word of God in the Old Testament was given to us for examples. But when God deals with you now about unclean things, He's dealing with you about things that will pollute your spirit, man, and and cause or unclean doctrines or unclean doctrines or you know because right now God's people have no leadership. 
I mean, when it comes to leadership, there's not very many people leading God's people that's got a, a true word from God and people just going around in darkness and chaos. Darkness means ignorance of spiritual things. And people think when you say people are walking in darkness that they're, they're, they're sinful and unclean and ungodly, but there's a lot of people that love God that are walking in ignorance to God's Word. This Word that I've just expounded to y'all right here on the spirit of prophecy, you ain't gonna get you ain't gonna get a lot of people to believe this because they believe it's just gonna be uh, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost where they're gonna talk in tongues. You can't get people to move past traditions and doctrines of men into what God's doing now. They will tell you. You'll say, "Well, God's doing a new thing." Oh yes, sir, He is. God's bringing forth a new anointing and and, and a new spirit. Yes, sir, He is. But they keep holding on to the old. And when something new's preached, we must have a tree shaking something. We we have trees fall down around here all the time, so if the power goes out, don't think nothing of it. But uh, every time you you talk, oh yeah, I believe God's doing something new, but nothing ever changes because they won't give God a chance to change. They're gonna stay right what they've been taught. And it's like they can't see anything past what God's done since while they were raised in church. And they're still going through the same form. Still going through. And now it's got to where you have an hour and a half of singing and ten minutes of preaching. Yeah. Because people just want to have what they call good church. Come on, I mean, you can you can you can go to a church, people people will sing for two hours, the preacher will preach fifteen minutes, people will get happy, they'll shout, they'll talk in tongues, they'll cry. They'll walk out, my God, we had church today. But nothing changed. Nothing changed in them. Nothing changed in the people. Nothing happened for them. There was no spiritual growth. There was nothing purged out of their lives. When I preach a word and the Spirit of God moves, there's something happens in people's lives. I mean, I'm not against singing, but we have very little singing here. Number one, we don't have that many singers. And number two, if you're going to sing, I want it anointed and I want you led by the Spirit of God. I don't want you to get up and entertain the people. I won't tolerate it. Because all it is is entertainment. And the church has become, it's what I heard one man say, it's come down to worshiptainment. And I always say, same what God gives you in the heart to say. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where the Lord has brought us to, and I think I have some copies of the notes that I wrote on this spirit of prophecy that y'all can take with you if you want to study the Word. And uh, I think I got some here. look right here on my desk and see what, look right here, see what I've got. Because uh, if you want to be a part of this, then I want y'all to be a part of it. I want y'all to come and uh, pray with us, fellowship with us, worship with us. But like I said, it, it's your choice. But I feel like we've covered a lot of ground today. And I feel like we've have a, had a good search. Brother Donald, I'm going to get you to pray and dismiss us, if you would. Can you, before you dismiss, can, we get, can I get prayers? Sure, I mean, we'll dismiss this oh, part of the... Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. And that way I'll turn the recorder off and then we can... Go ahead, Brother Donald.
God, we believe it wholeheartedly, Lord, but God, we are, God, we're so hungry, Lord, to be led to you, God, to be step into this, Lord. God, it seems like we've seen everything for so long and far off, God. And God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, God, to help us, Lord, to, God, to step into this, God, to possess this kingdom, God. We know, God, that to possess this kingdom, God, it's been taught, Lord, it's going to come, Lord. We're going to have to fight, God, through everything, God, that's thrown at us, God, to step into this and clear our minds, God, crucify the will of the flesh, God, and and give you the whole, the whole body, the whole mind, the whole spirit, Lord, and let you guide and lead us and show us, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that God, for the ones that's come here today, God, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that if they're wholehearted desire, God, to, to learn of this word of this kingdom, God, we ask you, Lord, that you would put it in our hearts, God, to, oh, God, the hunger and the thirst after this, Lord, and be serious, God, and we, Lord, we ask you to, God, just to teach us, God, and to show us and open our eyes, God, to the truth, God. But we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, amen. And I'm going to turn this recorder off.